Park, 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 Somebody give me a fucking putter. Hoard the putter. No, I had to make it. Welcome back to the Part 3 Podcast. Behind me, we got some legends. J.R. Smith, Aaron Beverly, Courtney Lee, and Stephen Robin. <laughs> hey! Good job. Good job. And just like that, we're at it again. Good to have you guys. Obviously, uh, it would be great to, to learn a little more about you. As a fan of golf, as a fan of basketball, obviously that's what the two of us uh, have in a background, bringing, et cetera. So, Jr. First of all, I'm, I'm going to jump in. Uh, no disrespect to you, obviously, for pushing the golf. I don't want to knock none of that. <laughs> but I got to get straight to the competition. I've been competing against them for a minute. Like, this ain't nothing new to nobody in our field. Bro, how? What, what happened? What, what transitioned you into getting into this game? Because I know what happened for me, but I want to hear Man, your story. Man, it was uh, shit. I was at Top Golf with a couple buddies, bro, and they they thought it was hilarious. I couldn't hit the ball, bro, and it it drove me crazy. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna circle back after some lessons. But in that process, bro, I got hooked. I got the bug. And the next thing you know, I'm buying all this golf gear. I'm buying all that golf equipment. I'm going out and golfing, and you realize like when you golfing with with a good group, bro, you out there you drinking you having fun you vibing and it's just like time flies bro and it it kind of translates to that feeling you have in the locker room with the homies after the game on the road playing which i which i'm about to do after that and so that's what that's what got me hooked that's crazy man because for me like just that that vibe of the whole atmosphere like like you're saying like that camaraderie of the locker room and everything else that's what like really hooked me because not too not it's not too often you get like four hours, four and a half hours, like unless you really play the video game and shit like that. But like, it's not often you really get that time to really get outside and you competing. Not only is you competing, but you got like that, that just like that brotherhood. Or even if you bring your kid, like I bring my kids along all the time. So I, it's like a really like a family atmosphere and like just that whole energy is different. Just being outside, still competing, still having fun, and just, again, like, almost like that locker room talk when you're playing with your boys. Yep. But, hey, how'd you, like, bro, you you all the way here with <laughs> Yeah. Like, for, so, for, real quick, me. real quick on the intro, we went yesterday, played Tahema. This course is, I'd say, corky. Yeah. You give it a good word, right? You don't know where you're hitting it. It's weird up and down hills. You're going around corners over here, blind shot, blind shot here, there. So I picked up probably five, six holes. Just, I don't know what I'm doing out there. And then I get in and they say, oh, did you hear Aaron Beverly? He shot 66. Never seen the joint before. There's no big deal. And so then I said today, he played 40 holes on the par three behind us for the youth on course, 100 hole height. How many birdies you have? 20. He birdie every other hole. <laughs> no big deal. You just like get high. Easy you game. Just get high. You just get high. You just hit, hit it close and make putts. But no, I, I love golf. I got into it. My biggest thing was, you know, like you guys talk about the locker room feel. I loved it because my, instead of basketball where I have to rely on other people for my success, this is all dictated on me. I control everything that happens. So. I'm hyper competitive and it's been always great to me just to be able to play and be in control of what happens and 
I just what fuels me every time I go tee it up. So my dad put a club in my hands three and been playing it ever since. That's dope, bro. Cause I like for me, like I played, I've been playing hoops since I was three. I've been playing. I picked up everything else at like five years old. I started playing like organized sports, really like football and baseball. But for me, hoop was like this thing I just grew up with. When you was like growing up, like did you? Cause for me, it was like you couldn't tell me I wasn't gonna make it. Like it was like it wasn't ever like a second guess or like there was another option. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, did you feel like that when you like? Cause I talked to someone like like my one of my boys, Darrell. Dur you know Darrell, Darrell Wright. Like he started hooping when he was in high school. He just so happened to be just that good, just so fast. He was really a baseball player, mm -hmm. but he just excelled really fast in basketball. Like for me. There was no other option other than hoop. Did you feel like that growing up? Yeah, I was, I mean, my mom had me in ballet when I was three at the same time, and I was kind of naturally better at that, so I did that from three to 17. So she kind of wanted me to go that route. I enjoyed practicing golf a lot more, but I'd say when I was about 13 is when I realized, okay, I can solely focus on golf if I want, I can be really good at it. It's kind of been ever since that point where I'm like, all right, this is my thing. And people always say, you know, it's good to have options, but I didn't want any other options. I just want to play golf. Bro, where are you from? Sacramento. You're from the set. Yep. I'm not going to lie, bro. Like, that's, <laughs> that's different for us. Yeah. That's very different. Like, very. you grew up in golf and ballet. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to lie. You're like the first. Yeah. You, you, you oh, know? no. For me, you're the first. I ain't going to lie. No, that story is very unique. No, no that's one really, unique. Yeah, no bro. one really has that same background. But it always is tied in well. Ballet teaches you good balance, flexibility. And, I mean, my golf swing is kind of built on that. So. The ballet is obviously like I've heard like a lot, you know, like baseball player take something from that or I learned how to play golf. I learned tennis first. So I learned how to like draw the ball or, or cut the ball from tennis. And so when I went to golf, I had a pretty easy, I had it figured out in my brain first. But here in ballet, like that is tech. I think just body awareness bigger than anything. Like you know where your body's supposed to be. So when someone tries that or someone gives me a lesson in golf and they say, oh, you got to put your hand here, your arm here, it's, it comes kind of naturally just to be able to move that easily. And then the like fixing. the tempo and the flow mm -hmm. and the gracefulness of yeah. it, right? And yeah. not like hitting it aggressively. Yeah. No, I think most people when they look at my swing, especially with driver, they say I swing slow, but I swing at 125, 126. So it's not slow. It's just smooth. Smooth. Yeah. Right. So all of it moves in the way it's supposed to. That's, that's tough. Yeah. That's tough because, like, for us, like, oftentimes you always hear somebody like, "Oh, he jump or he the way he moved in the air is like a ballet." Then, Ooh, like, yeah. bro, you actually know what that is supposed to feel like. Also, within what you actually trying to replicate and do, yeah. like, yeah. that's that's very unique to me because that's all I like. Even in football, I, I played football wide receiver, and they say, "Oh, he jumped and whatever, whatever," and then you mm -hmm. can quote unquote look like you parallel on period. I don't know what none of that means. <laughs> yeah. But like to actually know what that feel like in, in your fluid of motion of what you're trying to do, I can only imagine like the connectivity that you have with your swing and like for us would be like for me anyway, like to my shot. Whether I'm falling this way or falling that way and and the fluidity of it to be able to actually translate that to ballet, that's tough. Yeah. Yeah, it's been pretty neat. And so you started playing at three. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> when did, so 13, you realized because you were playing junior tournaments and such? Yeah, so the way it worked, my dad ended up, they had a new high school and they put together a golf team and I was in eighth grade. So my dad was teaching this bunch of these kids getting together to play high school golf and he would take me to their practices and their first qualifying, I beat everybody. 
So then I was like, oh, okay, well, they're all older than me. I'm, I'm beating them now. It means I can be decently good at this. So kind of just ever since then ran with it. And then what about the difference between, I mean, obviously it's a huge difference, but the difference between learning when you're three versus how old were you when you started? It's 36. 36. It's, it's wild, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. I mean, the kids learn relatively fast. Like, especially now if you watch juniors, go, like, everyone has a great swing. Everyone looks fantastic at the age of six. And, yeah. But what's good about, like, Courtney, you're an athlete. So yeah. athletes are way easier to teach, at least because, you know, you know where your body's supposed to go and you have speed. But so you try to take somebody who's not athletic and teach them golf, it could be a headache fast. Yeah. yeah. My trainer, my coach, he's picky who he takes. And, it, and if it's someone who's in their 30s or whatever, he'll do one lesson and then he'll, he'll you know, call me and be like, that's going to be great. They, I can work with him. Or he'll yeah. call me and be like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. No. Like, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Because you see it too. Like some people, 36, they yeah. book up the club. It's like, yeah. Oh, like I don't I, have enough energy to no. teach this guy. That's when you tell him pickleball is a great sport. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you <laughs> might pick another lane. Yeah. <laughs> See, where you feel like your, like your transition was where you felt like I'm going to be, like I just want to play and then I like I could, I need to really get good. Because you like you say you were like a 10 right yeah, now. Yeah, 10 handicap. So where you, uh, where you, shit, really when I decided to just focus on golf is when I was playing pickup right after I was uh, – didn't get picked up by a team, so I was playing every day, working out, and then I was also golfing and taking lessons. And then I realized that when I went and golfed, and then I went and played play pickup, I twisted my ankle, and I was more mad about not being able to golf. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm going to chill. I'm going to chill now. Because you know? <laughs> golf is different, bro. It's like, even being out here, bro, you get to travel the world with your homies. You get to golf. You get to have a good time. You get to be in different cities. Just, just the vibe, the chemistry, bro. It's just... Yeah, man. When I twist my ankle, I was like, yeah, it's over. It's <laughs> over. <laughs> they not calling anyway. It's over. Right. <laughs> it's over. I tell people all the time, bro, like, maybe they tell me, why, why you ain't not hooping? Why you not hooping? I'm like, listen, if I hoop and play pickup with y'all and I twist my ankle and I can't play golf, oh, bro, bro I'm, I feel bad for my lady. Like, she going to be more mad at me yeah. than anybody. Like, bro, you in the house all the time now? <laughs> nah, nah. Ain't so no so beginning to get to 10, how many years? How many years have you been at it since that top golf? Uh, this, this is like a year and a half now. That's Dang. impressive. Yeah, a year and a half. That's wildly impressive. 10 in a year and a half? Yeah, but it, like I, my, my year and a half is like the normal man's like five, six years. True. Because yeah. I'm, I'm playing at least three to four times a week. I'm taking lessons. Right, right. And then the kids, I'm just getting out there and playing, putting myself in positions with, with better players. And so just picking their brains and trying to learn and also trying to beat them. So... It helps. And where have you got to travel this year, golfing? Where, uh, where's some highlights? Shit, I started off with with, with, with your tournament yeah. during uh, Art Basel in Miami. Yeah. I did the uh, Timberlakes tournament in in, in Vegas. Oh, yeah, Who was yeah, that? Yeah. Uh, Derek Jeter's and uh, and Bahamas. And then I, I shit, I've been to Cabo, uh, Chilino Bay, played Twin Dolphins, El Dorado. Then just throughout the states, man, Cali, Sherwood. Bel Air, stuff like that. Pebble Beach. Pebble Beach now. Shit, mark that off. Tomorrow we're playing Spyglass, so that's that's dope. There you yeah. go. That's tough. It's amazing at what golf, the predicaments it can get you in and, like, the people you're playing with at, like, the, all of these places, right? It's like, you know, like, uh, the club I'm a member of, uh, the preserve up there, it's like I'm played in the member guest, and uh, I played against some guy, some random dude, whatever. And then he said to me, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a fan of your brand, whatever. If you ever want to do a photo shoot at my house, you know, just bring me a couple polos. You can shoot at the house. I said, 
where do you live? And he said, you know the White House right behind the tea box on number 10 at Pebble? Oh, no. Which you know the house. I know exactly right? what you're talking like, about. Damn, that's your house? If this is the house that every single person who plays Pebble looks Everybody at the house and says, it. I wonder who the hell lives in that house. That's him. And this is just this random, you wow. know, it's so amazing, the random people. I mean, even you, Jerry, you just did the, the uh, what was it, the, the tech, world tech? Whoa, yeah, out in Cabo. Yeah, yeah out in Cabo. And like, Jack. Play with Jack. <laughs> yeah. You got out there, the big cats out there. No, with you. The, but the, the crazy part about it is, like, in the email, when they, like, they first tell me, who's playing in the event, like, oh, what's going on? I'm like, okay, cool, you know what I'm saying? This is Michael Block, it's just a Timberlake. It's like, all right, cool, like, these are my people. And then at the end, it's like, <laughs> Jack Nichols. Like, what you mean, yeah, bro? That's crazy. Like, yeah, it's Little Jack or is this Big Jack? Like, what you yeah, mean? Like, yeah. don't be just, be be, Jack. just don't be putting Jack out there, like, yeah. at the end, like, nobody, yeah. like, like, bro. <laughs> of course I'm coming. Yeah. What you mean? <laughs> the opportunity it. to be around them is, I'm coming. How nervous were you hitting it in front of him? Man, listen. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, bro. It's like it's literally like, and I and I hate to do it. I love to do it, but it, it's hard for me because it's like it's like playing with Mike. It's like nonstop. Like for me, like that's just like my. I don't know. Like when I see them, and like I could imagine, like I haven't met them yet, but it, I could imagine I can't hit a ball from the Tiger. Yeah, that's like for me, like I don't. It ain't even. It ain't even about. Your game, bro. Like, I me mean, personally, I'm insecure within what I'm got going on yeah. in front of you. Yeah. It ain't even about that. Yeah. Like, real, no, not even no disrespect. I don't even know if I can hit the ball in front of you, bro. <laughs> nah, no, no, yeah. bro. Like shooting shit, a jump I shot know. in front of Mike. Like, bro, I don't even know if I can shoot a fadeaway in front of you, bro. <laughs> like, I just don't. Yeah. I feel crazy. I had Tiger introduce me at the Genesis last year on the first tee. Oh my God. I, it was 6.40 in the morning, it was our like, tea time. And he does the whole intro, right? And then I gotta go to the tee and hit the first tee shot. I've never looked at my hands and not recognized my hands before. And I was holding the club, I said, please just make contact. Striped it, it was great. I was so happy, yeah. he's like, hey, good shot. I said, yes. <laughs> I lived for this moment. I was like, yeah, this is what I practiced for, it was great. Yeah, Made birdie, and I was like, all right, cool. I'm gonna tell that story for the rest of my life. I hear that. How'd you do it, Riv? I did good until the eighth hole. And then I made a nine, and then it was just kind of a little spiral from there. The split fairways. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you do? Hit it in the middle? I hit it. I was in the ravine, yeah. and the pin was front right, but I had a good lie. The ball landed a foot and a half to the right of the flag and then just rolled Cut down the that. hill. Yeah. And then proceeded to hit it and roll down the hill again and again, and then oh. over it. It got out of hand fast. Damn. But that rib's a good one, isn't that's, it? Oh, it's great. Fantastic course. Fantastic. What do you play now? What's your schedule? I uh, played in a bunch of APGA events this year, played up in Canada for three years, and so just grinding, do a bunch of Mondays, and try to get some exemptions and play on tour. How hard is the grind of it? Because I feel like a lot of people don't understand because it's such an individual sport, and, and, and like a game like basketball, it's like it's so much, I don't want to say it's so much easier because I don't want to discredit what we do, but at the same time, According to the test of this, it's easier to get swept up under the wing of a team or in, you know, you float around for a while opposed to literally in y'all situation, you getting it off your own dime. Like you literally got to perform every single weekend. If not, then, you know, you just don't, it don't happen like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the challenging part. I, I graduated college in 17. 
I moved back home with my parents and my dad a week later was like, all right, you know you have to get a job, right? And I was like, well, I thought my job was gonna be playing golf. He goes, how are you gonna pay for it? I said, all right, fair enough. So I started working at a golf course in Napa and did every job possible, worked in the shop, worked on the range, caddied, whatever I could do just to make money so I could go play in tournaments. And so I did that for two, three years and then gave lessons at the same time and then eventually just started playing well enough to make money and get some sponsors and it kind of has gone from there. So I look at it now as every time I get to go travel in a tournament play, it's fun because I know the other side of it working and having a caddy for people and just hating that, hating having to do that. So I look at it now as all a blessing and just able to go compete. And it's, I enjoy the hell out of it, getting to travel and go to different places and yeah, try to make money. I'm sure the family was obviously proud, but like just being able to see you live out your dream, mm -hmm. like we, we had our, been, been fortunate to have our families a part of a lot of our careers and just being able to see you go out there and do what you love to do. Yeah. Like, and granted, it, it may not be playing golf and maybe designing clothes or whatever else. Like, Although my man Remy give my boy all the time, but he's still on the world. You don't know how dope that like is, He's wearing yeah, his he own knows. clothes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. having that for me, a lot of a lot of it is like respect of my family, the way I look at it, and, and being able to see, have them be proud of me because I I was able to accomplish what I wanted to accomplish and be, mm -hmm. do what I wanted to do. Yeah. For sure. Oh, for sure. That's you know, I always told my mom I didn't want to be a statistic, so you know I. Graduated high school with honors, graduated college with honors, and now playing golf and staying out of trouble. So right. that's just, that's the biggest thing that she could be proud of me for, and I'm gonna just keep doing that as much as I can. Absolutely. Yeah. Courtney, why do you think you didn't start until you're 37? What held you back? Probably just the, the popularity of golf, man. Yeah. Like, you know, you grew up in inner cities, like, there's not a lot of people golfing. Yeah. And then you realize golf is an expensive sport. Like he said, you started playing basketball when you was three, it was destined. It's like, that's the easiest thing. You can find a park. They got they got rims. It's, all you need is a rubber ball. You can go out there and, and, and practice and play for free. But uh, man, looking back on it, I wish I got into it early, bro. Because <laughs> long road trips, you go to somewhere like Detroit, end up in Oklahoma City with a day off. I'm just like, bro. Said he just sitting in the room all day. I could have been out there golfing. So. Man, I wish I could have played on your team but at the same time, bro, because I'd have been had you out there. I ain't going to lie. Yeah, I, would, I was I trying to get Shump you. out there. I was trying to get Melo out there. I tried to get so many of my teammates out there, but, everybody, you know, I'm like, all right. When did you pick it up? I picked it up like 15 years ago with uh, Moses Malone. Nice. Rashard Lewis had a, a golf event, and I went, and I was riding around on the carts, messing with the cart girls, having drinks and shit, chilling. Yeah. And I was just like, man, this shit is all right. And Moses Malone was like, young fella, come hit this ball. And I got it, went up there, hit that shit 300 down the fairway. And I was like, oh, man, this shit is easy. This shit, what you mean? Sold. The second time I tried to hit that John, I was, <laughs> I was like, oh, nah, 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 nah. I'm gonna get this shit. Yeah. Nah. And then after that, it just literally like, and that was literally 15 years ago. And then since then, every, every day, every summer, I don't go nowhere without, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, yeah. it's something. I, I gotta. It's either that or my well, putt yeah. the something. Like yeah. it's it's all in this. I just been hooked ever since. It's amazing. My wife, she's getting hooked now, where she's obsessed, and she went. It's 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 cool when you see someone go from like a person who plays golf to someone who's a golfer. Yeah, right. Like she wake up in the morning and like first words out of her mouth, like I was thinking about it. If I just go a little 
you know, if I just hinge a little earlier yeah. yep. with my sand wedge, <laughs> it's like, that's what you woke up thinking yep, about. You're dreaming about it. Mm-hmm. It's amazing at how, like, you know, being an addict, it's not a, uh, it's not all good, but it's definitely not all bad. No, yeah. right. Yeah, and sure. having that golf addiction is, uh, is this is healthy habit or healthy addictions or something else. But like, you know, even like there was a time where Eric would be like, "Really, you're playing again?" I'm like, "There's worse habits to have." Yeah. Like I'm gonna go, you know, play, walk around four or five hours outside, be healthy. It's good for my mental health. It's good yeah. for all types of shit. Yeah, hundred percent. It's like, good for you. It's yeah. good. It's great for the family. It's good. Who knows what might well, happen hurt out there? You being hurt. Yeah, I yeah. said. I, I told them. I said, you know, uh, a lion that waits by the water hole will always get a zebra. Right? And out in these golf courses, there are fucking zebras everywhere. Yeah. You know, like your life can change. And it's like if, if, if on a golf course, if you go play golf, whatever, and the next thing you know, it's like your life can change in one second. Just being here, you know, it's like, oh, Literally. the guy with the damn house, come do photo shoots at that house in number 10. That's just like, this shit happens every time you play golf, yeah. you're getting these type of opportunities. I met a guy just wearing a logo in the airport, just wearing a Pine Valley logo. He's like, yeah. Oh, you've played Pine Valley. Yeah. What do you think about number three? Yeah. I think it's amazing. I here play, we go. I, I know. Like, <laughs> here we go. This is the, this is the oh, I'm going to remember at Cypress. Yeah. No big deal. Oh, really? Well, really? I'd love to host you whenever. Well, let me get your contact. Yeah. Let's, before you next know week. It, he's the president of IBM or, or yeah. one of these Fortune 500 companies. You're just looking like, yes. I would have yeah. never met you if you didn't see my logo and yeah. I didn't see yours and be like, Oh, it's a different, it's a totally, it's a speaking without speaking. Yeah. It's, it's a totally different language. Absolutely. And that's what I try to tell my friends is like, bro, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not telling you not to be you, but I'm also telling you to be you within this side, because when you are you on this side and they know when it's you start shit. speaking that language, yeah. it's, we went all the way around. Yeah. But it, until you start speaking our language, it's, yeah. it's a completely different swing. And the amount of powerful people, it, it's it's like pretty much the like, you know, invest in golf thing. It's like if you think about any city, 90% of the money in that city is at a, two or three country clubs. For yeah. sure. In oh, every city. 100%. So 90% of the richest, all the money is at. You know, it doesn't matter. Pick any market. Yeah. If you're in Detroit, it's like, okay, I can yep. tell you the three clubs. DGC. That 90% yep. of the money is at those three clubs. So even if you're a caddy and you go there and you just caddy there, your life can change yeah. at any second. You'll meet somebody. It's like, yo, yeah. um, I meet my son. You two want to start a streetwear company together? Yeah. Or what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Come over. I got some people I want to introduce you to. Like, that shit can happen at any second just yep. being there. So, like, this youth on course thing that we're all helping with, et cetera, like, you know, like this, between everything we did with this, I think we raised 100, 150 grand. That's gonna help a thousand rounds or some shit, like thousands of rounds for kids to put them in that water hole. Mm-hmm. You know what 100%. I mean? And, it, and it's like, at any second, it's same as like living in like Hollywood for years, I lived there. Like, you know, like if you're an actor and you live in Hollywood and you go like to like the Peninsula Hotel you just sit there at that hotel and drink tea. Your shit can go, you can go from zero to 100 at any second, just 100%. being in that motherfucker. You might, Quentin Tarantino might walk in, hey, I wanna get you in a movie. It's like, woof. Yeah. Next thing you know, you're a superstar and you're making money and you got movies and you're doing films with Brad Pitt. But like, 
Hollywood is the only place that your life can change that quickly if you're an actor. But with golf, it's like, it doesn't matter. Every single market is the same. Like everyone with money, every old money, connection, et cetera, it's, we know exactly where it is. It's not at the mall. No. It's at the Detroit Golf Club. Yep, for sure. It's yeah. at the Chicago it's Golf at, Club. It's at Olympic. It's at Cypress. It's, it's at Shinnecock. It's at Shinnecock. Yep. And those Literally. members of Shinnecock, like, they're, they're powerful business people and powerful old money from all over the New York tri-state area, but also all over the world are there. And then think of this side. So, like, I try to be a member of Shinnecock. So I said, how you, you know, what do I got to do, the, the host that I have? He's like, oh, it's pretty tricky. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, there's only 250 members, and in order to get the application to be a member, you have to have a letter from 200 members. Oh, oh my God. So that's the nicest way of saying you're never you going to be a member. Because they know it's a fucking gold mine, and they're yeah. not letting anybody in there. And so the only way you can get in is if your dad and your grandfather were a member, Part of it. then they get you the 200 letters. Yeah. No problem. But for a stranger, you might get... Getting five, six letters is hard. Man, get to 200 yeah, never get to two hundred. Never get to two hundred. Never get them. Man, I try to get. I'm a. I'm not gonna say the name of the course, but <laughs> it's the course in LA. I try to get five letters. Me, you couldn't get five. Couldn't get five. Mm. Yeah. I bet the first two came easily though. The first two was oh man. Yep. <laughs> yep. What the first two three was easy. Okay. We got the four or five. It's just start getting tricky. Yep. It's just like ah. She got tricky. I gotta come, you gotta come by my house. You yeah. gotta meet so-and-so and so-and-so. Oh. I'm just like, like, bro, I thought this was about golf. Yeah. yeah. Like, nah. This is nah. not a country, first of all, this is not a country club course. This is a golf course, this is a golf club. But the the fact that I gotta meet your, your whole family and I gotta, now you now you want me to parade. Yeah, yeah because that's because I get paid for that. Like, uh, I'm yeah. not about to do that. Yeah, nah, you gonna get to have dinner like, with weirdos. Like, yeah. If you want me to do that, I get paid for that. I'm not about to do this for you. It's free for some lettuce. Like, fam, I'm already paying the premium to be a part of the course. This is not that. Yeah. That's because Ronald Reagan was a member there. You know what I mean? It's like, it just, it's heavy. But this see, that's like that. what Cordy says. It's tough to get a kid to just want to join, play golf when they're young. Yeah. I mean, like you said, you started with 36. 36, yeah, yeah, so exactly what you're speaking to keeps kids out from being able to go to really nice places and play. Mm -hmm. But that's like, Youth on Course is huge. It started when I was 17. And we could play golf for $5, and that was incredible. Because mm -hmm. if you don't have a bunch of money, and all of a sudden now I can play for 5 instead of having to pay 35 40 to play, it's great. I didn't know that if you're, what, under 12, you play for free here. Free. Yeah. Here at the Hay. Yeah, at the Hay. Yeah. I didn't yeah. even, they just told me that at the, at the restaurant. Yep. That's, that's incredible. Like, could you imagine, like, so many different... It, for one, it's already however much for, for clubs. Yep. Just clubs. Mm -hmm. If you want a good set, 1,800. Tees. Like, the, 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 yep. for kids. Yeah. As parents, are you making seven, $800 a month, $900 a month? Like, come, like, like let's, let's be honest with, with <laughs> that ain't people who... No, it's not Like, that's work. just not... This is, listen, man. Yeah. You got to pick up this little round ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, throw that football with you, you and your little yeah, you friends it, in the backyard. You kick and shoot it. You're yeah. you going to dance and rap or something. Yeah. But this right here, this is, it's, it's, it's not approachable. It's yeah. No. Yeah. On top of that, a membership is Did 300 that. grand, yeah. Yeah. 500 grand, yeah. Yeah. Mil millions. Yeah. 
Like, Even who? like 30 grand for a membership just to get a good place for the kid to train. Yeah. And then you have all this too, like there's the, they, they do tournaments here constantly, right? And so they'll, but the cool thing is, is when you see like, you know, you got like, it's just like the PG, like the like LPGA. I go watch LPGA constantly. So the chicks like Nelly Corda and Lydia Ko, they might have like six, seven people with them. They got their trainer, their shrink, their stretcher, their workout. They got everybody with them. Their putting coach, their their iron coach. You know, they got a lot of squad with them. And then you see the the ones that are are the new ones haven't made any money, don't have money. It's yeah. just them and their caddy. Yep. Like, that's yeah. it. There's yeah. no one else there to help them. And when you see them on the range, it's like, damn. Yeah. But with this youth on course thing, you got youth on course kids playing in all the USGA, all the US kids, golf, et cetera, et cetera. And like, they're so little, they get to play all the time. They can learn so quickly and yeah. get better. So it's like you said, a six-year-old kid, it's like, it doesn't matter if you have three coaches and rich parents in a bougie country club. You're six. Yeah. You you know, you've only yeah. played from four to six. In two years, they're all, like, the same. So then you see even, like, the, like, kids starting to, like, when you say you, the, 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 there'll be kids that we're helping right now mm -hmm. that will be on tour. Oh, yeah. There's right. no oh, question yeah. about sure. it. Yeah. So it's like, it just knocks that barrier down. Like, there's a shitty municipal course. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, you have, like, uh, like, um even like Seve, you know, like the mm -hmm. stories of Seve, like him learning how to golf, hitting four irons on, yep. on a beach and, and, and where he, you know. So it's like, it's such an interesting thing that like, you're saying like, if you can just get a job at a golf course, you start working at a golf course, somebody give you a seven iron. Yep. Or you go lost and found area, yeah. right? You grab you a few clubs. Next thing you know, you got a wedge, a seven iron, a driver. It's like, you yeah. can get pretty damn good with three clubs and you need a putter, yeah. right? But in general, it's like, once you figure out how to hit one, yep. if you can get good at hitting the seven iron, you're going to be fine. Yeah. Right? Figure, yep. it, it's all the it same shit. You can figure it out from there. So I think the barrier is tough, too, when it's like, I need a full set of clubs. I need this. It's like, really? You just need, like, one rusty old-ass eBay yeah. $10 to get started, seven yeah. iron. Yep. You know? And then as you get better, you know, being around these courses, being around these members, these clubs, whatever, like, it's easy for a member to be like, I got an extra set of clubs for you, buddy, here. You know what I mean? But then it is expensive. Then you got to get them. Is it the right shaft? You got to yep. get them cut down. You got to regrip them. You need yeah. a fitter. It's like, so that's the area of the difference between like the rich family with the seven-year-old kid and the poor family with the seven-year-old kid. Swing-wise, everything's there. But when it comes to like getting fitted, you know, like it's a big difference getting fitted. When you get fitted and all that shit, if you're just using stock clubs, you got people hitting good. people hitting shots right behind us. We're striping <laughs> it on number. This is number two of the hay. It is a replica of number seven of the world famous Pebble Beach, part three. 106 yards, a little wind in the face, as you can see. A little bit further away from the water than seven. Yeah, just a little further from the water, but you can see the Already same ocean. Color four, and nah, they, just, <laughs> they hit one up there in the hay. They hit it in a glass joint. Michael Block. Or Michael Block just hit. A little left. Pure though. Well, short. To go back to what you were saying, like, like, and in, in a lot of the sense of from the from our community is so many times where you, the barrier is just almost. I'm not gonna say impossible, but it's just very hard to be broken because again, you have the the where you need 200 people to just write a letter, and you got and you're a first generational. Family with money. 
You know, and you just don't have the resource, not even not even just the the the, the name of their family of it, but just the the simple resources of having the, the other people around you that's in situations to where they can change even somebody else's life, you know, not even your necessarily relatives' lives and and, and that sort of thing. It's just like, for me, it's just like a lot of it, when I look at going back to HBCU, it's like I look at so many kids from our team who are legitimately, I look at them like, damn, bro, like you legit have a chance. If you had the right equipment, the right people in in your ear, the literally there's just a, a flight scope track man to where you legit know your numbers, like the sky is literally the limit. And so so oftentimes it's like you don't have the right either tutelage or numbers or having stats alone or just don't even have a, a, a concept of even now, like you would think to me, you would think a D1 college athlete just has the right way to practice. For us, it was like, bro, you do this, if you shoot in this spot a hundred times, and you shoot this spot a hundred times, you shoot this spot a hundred times, you shoot that, if you shoot this seven spots a hundred shots a day for 365 days, I guarantee you, you can make a, a shitload of money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, Turn uh, to a shooter real quick. Like, that's you know, it, real right? talk. Like, yeah. you notice, like, bro, I was in, I was literally, as a professional, shooting two, 300 shots a day in the same spot and then move to the next spot. To, and I was a professional already. So to, for the youth to, under, to fully understand it is not only Yes, it's the equipment, but also it's that motivation to continuously, continues to per, like persevere. But once you are there, to, and you can attest to it, even being professional, you still working your ass, or yeah. both of us, you yeah. still working your ass off to stay there. Mm -hmm. And you need not only as you growing up to break those barriers of, and I, I just feel like it's harder in golf. It's just harder to be a, yeah, a member. Even to, at the stage I'm in right now, to be a member at certain clubs is hard for me. So if I could only imagine for somebody who's making $60,000 a year to be a member at certain spots, it's just damn near impossible. But it's the hard. thing is with golf, you can like, you know, it's like my red, like Remington. It's like, I don't mess with the swing. He's good. He knows how to hit the ball. He can hit every shot there is, but like, it's the goes to what you were saying with like, just shoot here, just shoot here, just shoot here. It's like chip and putt. Yep. Just chip and putt for five hours a day. If you do that for the next five years, you'll win on tour in any time you want, right? But no one does that. They want to go hit drives and talk shit and hit irons and hit seven irons. It's like, no, just, just go putt for four hours yeah. a day. Try that for a year, even yourself. Like if you putted oh, yeah. for four hours a day yep. for the next 365 days, yeah. You have to be scoring lower because you're going to get better at putting. And it's like putting is two. You're supposed to putt two times every hole, right? Yeah, or less. Or, or less, but you know what I mean? You're yeah. not supposed to hit your driver twice every no. hole, right? So you're going to use the putter. And then there are little places like my buddy I play with golf in, in, in Southern California. He's a sales rep for a skate company. And his job is to go and show the sales shit to the skate shops. So he knows all of the routes where he has to go and traffic's so bugged out in LA, he'll go an hour early and know the public municipal course 
that's close to the skate shop, and he'll just pull up, park the car, get out, and just putt for an hour. But he can putt his ass off yeah. because I, he, he doesn't have the time to play. He doesn't have time to hit a bucket of balls. He doesn't have time, whatever. But like, if he's got 25 minutes, he's like, fuck it, I'm gonna go putt but, for 25 minutes, 10 foot putts. Yeah. For 25 minutes straight, like a robot. And that shit really does pay off. So like, for sure. you know, there's free putting greens everywhere. Yep. And you can chip there too. Yep. So like just that side of it, but like that's not the sexy part. That's not the fun part. That's not the hanging with the homies and yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, hard when you're not at Pebble Beach, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, what got you, what got your handicap lower fast, fast is? Course management. Okay. Just like you're saying, bro, you don't always got to hit the drive on a short part four. Yeah. Hit an iron layup and then get your, your comfortable wedge shot in there. So a lot of course management. Also putting, putting save strokes. You get on the green of regulation. Like you said, you two putt, yep. walk away mad at that, but it's a par. Yep, for yep. sure. That's if you get on the green and two. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> that part's important. That shit is important. You'll hit that fairway or yeah. you'll, you out of bounds. Yeah. yeah. Man, I'm not going to lie. I played my first, like, real live, I felt like tournament, tournament. When we were in, uh, I was in um, the Midwestern Ant, and I was so ant, I felt like I, I was ready, whatever, whatever. And I didn't realize the, the, uh, how important it was to so many, like, these are like the next Justin Thomas's, Gerald Jordan speech, like young kids, like, I'm sitting here like, okay, like, when they tell me this, I'm like, y'all gonna tell me this, like, right before the tournament? <laughs> like, y'all yeah. gonna, like, yeah. bro, I hit the first tee shot, like, 30 yards, bro, like, duffed <laughs> no. it off the top, topped it. Bro, the rough was, like, literally, like, yep. a foot and a half hot, like, bro, I was, it was a day. Mm -hmm. I ain't gonna lie, it was a day. And for me, it was like a lot of it was just prepar not only preparation, but like understanding your environment and what you got going on. And I feel like if a lot of us get into this space and get into this game, we, we're able to really cultivate it where we, we can excel, mm -hmm. you know, in this, I want to say, obviously there's a Tiger and there's, there's an Aaron, there's a Courtney, but like there's there's so many others that's coming up under this younger generation of whether it be COVID or whatever else and youth on course, I think it's going to be really impactful for the community and it's going to be, it's going to be great. It's going to be going to see a lot more uh, barriers being broken down and colorism within the game opposed to just being, you know, what it's typically been. We got a question we like to ask. What is your uh, dream for some dead or alive to play golf with? Ooh, that's Ooh. Tough. Oh, wow. I know you guys. Well, look, at, I haven't been golfing that oh, long, boy. so I don't really know the, the the history of golf like that. But for sure, Tiger's on there. I'll, uh, shit, I'll throw MJ in there just because I know how they going to go back and forth and be betting and talking crazy. <laughs> yeah. Man, I'm gonna have to just do a wild card in there, man. I might have to throw Tupac in there with me, bro. <laughs> yeah, Ooh. why not? Wow. Yeah, I'm gonna have to just throw Pac in there. That's solid. That's, that's solid. solid. I think mine would be Tiger, my dad. The fourth one, I'm, I'm struggling trying to think. Honestly, it'd probably be Annika Sorenstein. Oh, just cause yeah. Growing and up no as, a, yeah, as a kid, Ooh. she was always the best in the world. Obviously, Tiger was too, but it'd be fun just to play with them and see how. Little round. Yeah. Oh. That'd be hyper competitive. <laughs> How about uh, the club you love the most in your bag and the one that you don't love as much? Man, I'm going to go with uh, Pitching Wedge, the one I love the most. 
for whatever reason. The P. Yeah, I'm super consistent with it. Mm. Uh, the one I hate the most right now is the driver, bro. That's a lot of that. Especially if you told me, bro. I'm telling bro, you, bro. It's one it's day horrible. I'm bombing it down the middle of the fairway straight. Then the next day, it's either hooking or slicing. It's just and like, you bro, swear you're doing the same the same thing. thing. Swear. <laughs> hey, the tour truck in the back. We about to go back there and get fit. Don't you worry about it. Yeah, no, I don't get it. Hey, what's up? I mean, my favorite is my putter. Has to be, because that's where you make your money. Least favorite? I can't say any club because they all have to be decent. I can't see what I, I was saying. Yeah, earlier. I said the same thing to yeah. Block. I feel like that y'all was trying to say that. You, but you can't. Like yeah. you can't. You have 14 tools and you can't sit there and not like one of them because you're gonna have to hit it eventually. So you can't say ah, I don't want this. Michelle, I, we was on the show. We asked her. She said, No, I like all of them. She said, yeah. If I don't like it, I take it out of the exactly. bag. Exactly. Yeah. Like <laughs> if I don't like that see, club, it won't yeah, be I was about to say that. That makes sense to me though. Like if you don't like your three wood, you, you just better get a new wood or whatever. Get you a two wood, yeah. Courtney. Yeah. Get you right. that new tailor made two wood. Yeah. You can't hit the one wood. We just <laughs> we move it off. See, Lee, let me ask you this question because this I feel like this will translate. Like, what do you feel like in in basketball? Like, your your, your strength would be in golf. Like for me, I know for sure, fading out that corner on the right hand side. Yep. Corner three, that's me all day long. Like, and I know on the on the golf course for sure, knockdowns. I can hit a knockdown for, not I can hit that shit all day long. Full swing, now it might be fat, it might be thin, it could be perfect, but I know if I try to hit a knockdown, that's gonna be my I'm a I'm gonna lay my head on that. What's yours? <laughs> yeah, uh, shit. Basketball wise, like I said that that corner three, bro. That's where I made my living. But uh, on golf. I'd probably say around the green with the bump and run, bro. Mm. I like using my 54. Yeah, like that. If you could translate that to ballet. Oh, I could turn. I could, yeah, I could turn for days in ballet. You could turn. Pirouettes, easy. No problem. That was my thing. And then golf. Fuck. Golf. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hard cuts with driver. If you need a, like a low bullet cut with driver, mm -hmm. that's automatic. Little screamers. Mm -hmm. Yep, a little fairway finder. Like my fairway finder goes 330, so it's good. So it's, it's useful. Yeah. It's useful. That's his knockdown. Yeah. But that's a knockdown or is that like a literally it's like... Lo it's lower and it's it just, I call it bullet fader cut. Just, and it probably flies, carry 295, but it'll run 40 yards, no problem. It's got no spin on it. But it was like 50 yards off, 40 yards off the ground? Not quite that high. I think the apex would probably be 40 feet, maybe. Maybe that high. Mm. Low, yeah. little climber. Low, just, That's yep. Climbing and yep. fall over. Exactly. That's as soon as you nice. hit it, you just start walking. Yeah. And it just, whenever I get nervous, I mean, you just choke down a little bit, aim left, and just hit just it. hold it off. Yeah. And it works 99% of the time. Now, this, I'm going to ask you one more question. And uh, we get we get into here. Well, if y'all could both leave a legacy in the game of golf, what would y'all legacy be? But I'm gonna start with I'm gonna start with you because I know yours is gonna be way more complex. You've been playing it longer, <laughs> and just your whole and yeah. That's a tough question for me, bro. Uh, Men in golf. Let me see, bro. Just uh, it'll probably be just the personality, bro. Just being a dude that uh, everybody just wanted to golf with and kick it with, bro. So just having that positive impact on the game and everybody's lives. 
It's good. Love well it. said. Good. Well, well said. And mine would be just always finding a way to continue to play. Like I said, working at a golf course, working every job I could just to keep playing. Uh, you know, there are so many barriers that come from golf that, you know, you can always find an excuse why not to do it or why not to play or why not to follow your dreams. But for me, I always looked at, okay, I just need an excuse or a reason to be able to play. Just give me $20 and I'll go make it work. And so that would be, I'd want that to be my legacy is that I'm always going to persevere through everything just to achieve the dream of playing on tour and, and being one of the best golfers in the world. That's dope. Well, we appreciate you both being here in this lovely background of Pebble Beach. Can't beat it. Thank you, Youth On Course. Stephen Marvin, Courtney Lee, Aaron Beverly, J.R. Smith. We'll see y'all next week. Appreciate y'all boys having me.